Conspiracy chips. Conspiracy is I. Conspiracy. Conspiracy. Subliminal message. With a brand new episode. Well, so this is the first installment in a new thing we're calling Conspiracy Chimps. Conspiracy Chimps. And this is going to be a lot of fun, guys. Today we're talking about conspiracy culture and just kind of a nice introduction. And from here we're going to kind of start, after this, talking about other bigger conspiracies. So we'll be talking about some other fun stuff in the weeks to come. If you've never heard of conspiracy before, I don't know where you are from. (laughs) Uh, We have many conspiracies, which is why we decided to start this part of the monkey suit they were calling conspiracy chimps because it seems fitting doesn't it well okay so there's everything from Loch Ness to Bigfoot oh, yeah. to totally. Stonehenge, Stonehenge pyramids yep uh, th- whether or not uh, Twinkies are a food yeah well that's a big one too man because apparently right in the 1999 Family Guy episode Twinkies can survive a nuclear blast so <laughs> could keep that in mind next time you're gonna eat one I'm pretty sure they're raising us to you know be the Feeding food for the roaches that survive us. Either that or X-Men. And I'm hoping for X-Men because being a mutant sounds kind of cool. Okay, do you so. think that since they're already mutants, they could survive a nuclear holocaust? That's a great question. That's I th- for another episode. I, I think some of them can, but we don't know. Uh, Wolverine probably could. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, anyway, so... Come at me, radiation! So, yeah, so today we're just going to talk about uh, introduction of to, into conspiracy ch- uh, chimps, and that's like a greater conspiracy culture out there. And so why do people like conspiracy theories anyways? It seems like we have one for like everything that's kind of inexplainable, right? Well, so I think we should open it up to what is a conspiracy? What? Yeah, what is a conspiracy? Because I think everyone has a really... Anyone who's ever heard of a conspiracy or hear about conspiracy theorists, what they really have is a negative connotation towards people like that. A lot of times, yes. Because they're, conspiracy theorists are kind of labeled as a... Well, they're kind of hokey and, and out there. Well, they are hokey yeah. and they are out there, and that's why they're so yeah. you know railed against, I guess, in modern day culture. But a conspiracy is actually a group of ideas or theories that are loosely based on factual evidence. Right, and it's often more feeling than actual fact, and that's why a lot of people don't buy them. Yeah. Well, so if you were to take the definition of conspiracy, which I don't have right now, it, it's it, conspiracy is basically any sort of like. Any sort of information that goes against the grain. Like, if, if you're going to conspire to do something, for example, it's just a couple people getting together and talking, and that talking can be labeled as a conspiracy. Whether or not it's true, you don't know. Nobody really knows. But it, it's just a, it's a new form of idea, effectively. And I'm not sure if that's a direct definition, but that's always what I believed it to be anyways. Well, so a conspiracy is a secret plan by a group to do something unlawful or harmful. Okay, so it does have a negative and inherent connotation. There is a second definition where it's the action of plotting or conspiring. Interesting. So you just have to. So that's basically my definition. You just conspire against something. You have a plot in general, right? Well, so in that definition, it's kind of painted as in general it's painted as a negative term right which is why most people get a negative connotation whenever they're labeled as a conspiracy theorist conspiracy 
Yeah. And really, it's quite terrible that the amount of mudslinging going on in the modern day culture is saying that, you know, a conspiracy theory, they just basically cast the label out and... Well, I, actually, that's a good point, because let's talk about one that I've heard recently, and it can be as simple as Jay-Z is a member of the Illuminati. And it's like, <laughs> like that's that's a conspiracy, but is it a good one? No. Like, is there any factual evidence? No. But people are, are going to believe it anyways, because it's a really basic conspiracy. I don't know, man. If they've ever listened to, uh... well, of course, Dame Bats is a blueprint, right? We can, yeah. oh. <laughs> we, we can do some some certain uh, Jay Z shady actions, right? At that point, I think Jay Z kind of conspired against himself, but oh well, it, that's plausible. Because now, what? There's like Blueprint Three now, so yeah, I know. You never know. So conspiracy culture is rife just for that reason, right? Because you know you can have something as basic as. Uh, you know, Jay-Z being a member of the alumni, all the way up to, you know, where the pyramids come from, where they're constructed by aliens, you know. Are there lizard people in the White House? We well, don't know. Well, if you saw the yeah. uh, clip at the end of X-Men Futures, or Days of Future Past. Right. Spoiler alert. But, yeah. No, we haven't, we haven't said anything. That's but, true. Uh, we haven't said anything. But it does have a pyramid in it, and I will say <laughs> that much. So, kind anyway. of excited to see what they do with that. But Oh, I'm excited, too, because that's a, uh, there's a, it's a rich character that they're introducing there. So. Okay, so conspiracy culture in reality is a rabbit hole. Yes. There's any number of ideas anyone has about anything. And depending on who you choose to listen to and where you choose to follow, I mean, it can take you down some pretty crazy roads. Oh, yeah, very quickly. And actually, that's kind of one of our points, too, is that conspiracy culture is out there, but like no matter how deeply you ascribe to it. But we have this great thing called InfoWars, and InfoWars is out there, and it's hosted by a wonderful human being named Alex Jones. And Alex Jones is just like he's a really loud and opinionated individual whom I respect to a number of faults. Well, he does have his faults, but he did go to Anderson High School too. Oh, really? Yes, he graduated. Oh, that's interesting. He really I did, did. Not know that. Yeah. And uh, anyways, that that's kind of an offshoot though. Back to Infowars though, he is a very loud individual. He likes to ascribe a lot of things to conspiracy culture, and he likes to propagate a lot of conspiracy theories based off that. Uh, almost to an entertaining result, which is what's so great about it. And if if you want to buy that in itself, Infowars is just kind of great. And it, it's a great kind of culmination of how far conspiracy theories can really go, right? No, so I kind of liken him to uh, Jim Cramer from Mad Money. Yes, they're similar. Except I th- think Alex Jones is more like, you know, like, like depleted uranium. Alex Jones tries to align himself as an everyman. He's so politically charged, though, that I'd say he's much more than just an everyman, though. Well, so is Jim Cramer, but he's really negative about anything having to do with finances. Right. Well, Jim Cramer's like, he's only investment, though. He doesn't get too, like, politically out there. Well, investment's a very broad term because you can invest in property and equity and all that stuff. You can. He talks about a lot of that kind of stuff. Now, Alex Jones, he tends to fly off the handle about, okay, I would say he's politically charged, but he's also very emotionally involved in the topics that he discusses. He does. There's no doubt about it. I think that really has more to do with it, his character in general. Now, that also begs the question, um, in the world of fake news... Yes. uh, Phone news. Yeah, phone news. Well, like, we have a daily uh, daily show, Jon Stewart. Oh. uh, The Colbert Report. Right. And then Bill Bill Maher, too. Bill Maher. Yeah. Bill Maher. 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 Bill Maher. It would be Maher, yeah. It's funny because I was just watching a uh, a video about Jon Stewart's rise to where he is now. At first, nobody took him seriously. Like, he couldn't actually right. land a gig until he eventually got a shot on The Daily Show, and it right. exploded. 
And pretty soon, everyone was getting their news from that one particular news source, which is kind of funny. And and yeah, it is. It's hilarious. And he is a very funny guy. But at the same time, you have to take things that he's talking about real stories. Oh, yeah. And, no, no. That's but, the and, thing. and he's putting a very funny kind of humorous slant right, on Right, right, right. Yeah. And I really appreciate that because that's actually spawned a whole number of segments. The Colbert Report some, yeah. uh, followed suit. It uh, really Colbert did. was originally a reporter on The Daily Show. Yep. And they gave him his own spinoff. But the thing is, is that Jon Stewart is the everyman of America. But it is a character. He is a character. Um, he's, he's, he's a good actor, and people don't realize that. And then Colbert is also a character. Very much so. Yeah. He, he specifically is a character. Yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting to see when he gets his own show like how much different he is than from the Colbert Report, because it's going to be drastic. I really think he's going to be his own personality. Uh, he's going to be more funny and more just kind well, of... Well, no, I think he is going to be a Tonight Show personality. Uh, well, and of course, The Onion. Like that, that okay, well, that's what all, I was about to get to. All that, yeah. The amount of hyperbole in The Onion... And the gross overuse of sarcasm. Sure, but that's what makes it so great. <laughs> the sad part is it, uh, they undercut the sarcasm and actually try to spin it off as a potential likelihood. Right. Which is very dangerous because there's a very large number of people you that mean are gullible, gullible people. Yeah. <laughs> They're actually going to buy into it. Sure. Right. And that scares me because I've actually been – I've fallen victim to the trap Oh, a yeah. Times. We're just like looking at your Twitter feed next thing you know, an Onion story gets retweeted. And you're like, Well, okay. So yeah. it's not even The Onion. The Onion now has sister sites that yeah. pose a lot of similar stuff but in very specific niches. More recently, one of the uh, ones that comes to mind is the cancellation of season two of The Orange is the New Black. Oh. Or season three. Sorry. Season three. Yeah. Uh, I finally got a chance to watch season two. Yeah. I haven't seen any of the other parts, but uh, from what I saw, it was pretty awesome. I'm going to go back and watch the series. My girlfriend loves that series. Mm-hmm. And the way they spun the article was interesting because they made it sound like there was strife it, between the yeah, uh, like co-founder of happen. Netflix right. and the creative writer or the actual writer of Orange is the New Black. And yeah, Genji Cohen, yeah. But what's also funny is that they made me extremely mad because they tug on the heartstrings of some very prominent issues, specifically saying that uh, they put some words in his mouth saying that he believed that women belong in the kitchen. <laughs> I'll, li- I'll link to the article that I found for That's it. Just, yeah, this is great, though. And, so not only did and obviously I, Young Brantley here fell victim to <laughs> well, so not, the phone news. Snopes ended up you know, debunking it, but uh, not only did I fall victim to the trap of believing that the show had been canceled, but I was also led to believe that this guy was a complete jerk. Uh, yeah, and actually Reed Hastings is, uh, I think he's going to revolutionize things as far as just the way people watch TV, the way that, you know... We're going to kind of divulge from the traditional 1950s TV culture, and we're finally going to move into kind of a new generation. Well, okay, so Reed Hastings, exciting. is that uh, last week today? Of no, no, Netflix. No. Okay, okay, yeah. Well, he's the one responsible for all the new series, too, like yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. House of Cards and Orange and New Black and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, in that same vein of new subscriber series, uh, last week today. Uh, I, You know what? I don't use it. I don't, you know... Okay, so yeah. last week today is a HBO news source in the same vein as The Tonight Show. Or not, oh, sorry, um, Daily Show. Oh, got it. And it's that British guy who actually was... Oh, John Oliver. Yes. Now I know what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so he's been given his own spinoff. Right. And he was a writer for the uh, for John Stewart also, right. originally. And it's really well done. He's actually able to do what he wants, and I think the content that he puts out is very good. He's using it as a soapbox, but in the right ways. He's not trying to push an agenda. He's actually pushing for a lot of cultural equality in a number of ways, and that I can really respect and command and get behind. Right. 
And this world of fake news is perpetuated by shit like The Onion and all their sister sites. And then we have the mother of all bullshit is the National Enquirer. <laughs> but who doesn't like the National Enquirer? You know, it's it's one deviation away from InfoWars at that point. And, well, but, Info, okay, National Enquirer, for those but, who but, don't know, is right. a... It's completely jokey. Well, it's a uh, tabloid. It is a tabloid. It was the it's, very it, first tabloid, I believe. It's all shock value, too. So everything, well, so everything in there, there is made up. Right. It's always like... Mother gives birth to twin dragon babies. <laughs> and everybody, you know, if you're standing there at, like at the grocery store and you see it, and you're just like, what? <laughs> and until you realize it's the National Enquirer, and then it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> but so now it's like, in order to sell tabloids, they have to come up with very outrageous but seemingly realistic things. Right. Well, and that's kind of how The Onion is operating, and everyone else is following suit. And then there was that whole April Fool's nonsense that happened a year or two ago. Yeah, stuff happens. So in the world of conspiracy theories, I think a lot of the shock value we see in everyday media is kind of, it dwarfs the traditional conspiracy theorists as I see them. It kind of does. But at the same time, though, let's, I think the conspiracy theorist, though, has a lot more going on at the same time. Because, like, traditional news right is either very quickly miscredited or discredited, or it's just a misdirection. That's mm-hmm. what I was trying to say. And... If you go to, like, the InfoWars, for example, and you have, like, a story, then it's going to be some fact. It's going to be a extension of some event that's currently happening, and then they're going to take that to the next level. And they're going to be like, this is, you know, the underlying cause. This is what's really happening that, that you people, you know, obviously are being lied to, right? You don't know the truth. And then you have the birth of a massive conspiracy theory based off that, which is why I think InfoWars is at very least stimulating and that's just one example too because there's so many you know different ones you can go you can just go on reddit which has an entire conspiracy subreddit and just read about all the crazy stuff those guys are like talking about on a daily basis right well so reddit isn't even the original forum for this stuff there's oh, bigfoot forums and elvis totally. forums and back in like the late 90s the internet forums started popping up and that's kind of the cool thing about the internet is that it's allowed conspiracy theorists to really congregate on a very massive scale and that's both a good thing and a scary thing at the same time. Because you got a whole bunch of people just spouting off the same stuff. So it's like, oh, yo-yos were an attempt at brainwashing. Sure. And, and then, of course, MK Ultra and Harp and then everything else that is also just somehow connected to yo-yos as an example, right? And it was just some grand CIA, you know, operation that we don't even know about. Somebody listening to us could probably end up saying that the monkey suit claims yo-yos are involved with everything. Dude, I can't wait. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> Going back to this, so we have this entire culture of conspiracy theorists, and now they get to congregate on the internet, and we got all this great content coming out on a daily basis because there's so much out there that's for them to talk about. And so it's just natural then they're going to take these stories, you know, whatever happens, you know, in the international news today, and then they're going to some sort of Rothschild conspiracy just because it's easy and why not, you know, Rothschilds really do control everything or Illuminati or just, you know, fill in the blank at that point. Well, so if you really want to dig into some of that stuff and get a really vague snapshot of half of it, uh, there's a movie on Netflix called The Conspiracy. <laughs> Is that simple? The Conspiracy. Mm-hmm. It was actually, it was pretty good. It was kind of uh, Blair Witch in a way, but uh, they, they touch on uh, secret organizations and basically like government cover-ups and how there's like w- the New World Order is like this big central thing where all the world's government leaders are involved. and We, we have to do an episode over that in the near future because I, I got such a point to make on that. 
for anybody who hasn't seen it, it's on Netflix, The Conspiracy. Check it out. Uh, we'll have a link in the show notes. It, it's just good stuff. And that's, and that's the thing, too, is, is The Conspiracy is just one of many. I remember my freshman year of college, I was sitting there, my roommate got uh, Zeitgeist on DVD. Oh, man. And Ze- this is back, uh, well, it was 2008 when we saw it, but Zeitgeist came out in uh, like 2001 or two, I believe. It was it was after nine eleven and anyway Zeitgeist was such a movie because I had not been exposed to conspiracy culture before that point so I I went in with no expectations I had no idea what I was getting myself into Clay was a very sheltered child I was a sheltered child and well, after I saw Zeitgeist my mind was just blown like I had no idea what was happening I couldn't believe that this kind of stuff was actually out there and then later on of course you can kind of fill in the dots and of course Zeitgeist part what 3 or 4 is out now like they just kept going with it. Okay, so I think Freakonomics kind of did the same thing whenever it came out. What a good yes, yeah, another good movie. Absolutely. Um, for anybody who hasn't seen it, definitely go check it out. We'll yep. have a link in the show notes, but Freakonomics kind of exposed a number of odd misconceptions about how the federal government and a lot of the banking situation occurred. And what led to a lot of the, you know, cultural trends that actually contributed to the great housing collapse of two thousand nine. No, think. it was uh two thousand seven and then it happened two thousand eight. Yeah. Yeah. So this uh modern day depression that we're in is actually it it's really interesting how they construct these ideas because they actually follow a proper train of thought. Like they establish oh, totally. yeah. a complete invalid argument. Whether it's sound or not is the real question. Yep, and that takes a little bit more digging. But, of, of course, to, to the blind eye, though, you go into it, and, of course, it sounds like this is real. Right. And, and that's how they construct it, because they want your attention. Well, so I think with the rise of the conspiracy theorist, you have the rise of the skeptic. Yes. And but I that's just a, an, it's a natural, you know, Newton's third law, man. There has to be a reaction to the overarching conspiracy well, culture. Well, okay, so for every reaction there's an opposite and equal reaction and that's whenever you start getting this age of cynicism uh it's now to the point where we have examples of uh people going on imager and posting things uh there's actually a series of photos going on there uh quotes by people with photos who didn't say them (laughs) actually i think i did see this at one point or at least some of it because this sounds incredibly familiar but yeah well so it's just a there's a number of them. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, but there's a lot of really funny stuff, though. And every now and then, one of them makes the front page of Reddit, and it's just, like, hilarious. Well, so there was one with Anne Frank, and she's like, uh, ball so hard, motherfuckers want to find me. <laughs> <laughs> Completely irreverent, but awesome at the same time. <laughs> it's just really funny, because of the Holocaust survivors, Anne Frank is probably the most notable. Yes. Just uh, because of how yeah. pure and unadulterated the diary she left behind yeah, was. Yeah, she totally permeated pop culture, right? But so that led on to, a, there's any number of conspiracy theories about World War II. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, actually, one of my favorite ones, we should probably do an episode of that, too, is that uh, they, they had a branch of the Nazis that went off and were creating this this super weapon, but it wasn't a super weapon in the traditional term. It was this... You're piece, either going to go through the Red Skull or Wolfenstein on me. No, I'm not. This is totally real. Because they're, they're constructing this, this like diving bell, effectively, but it wasn't actually a diving bell. It was a time machine. And they claimed that this it was like it was like SS secret Nazis went off constructed this thing, actually teleported into the future using this device before the Allies invaded and you know then they ultimately surrendered right, but yeah and they, they teleported into the future, and once this happened there was no evidence of this entire group and they've got people are like what happened to them did they just die did they where they end up right after you know 1945. Nobody knows because they think they actually utilize this piece of technology 
and teleported into the future. Now you know what they ended up doing was they spent 80 years inside of this time capsule and they just buried it underground. <laughs> it's possible. It's also possible that aliens gave it to him, right? Because like Hitler, of course, was being uh, sponsored by an aliens race that just came to Earth. Uh, but yeah. I can't tell if you're fucking with our viewers or if you're just... Oh, no, I'm totally, I totally am because, because these are outlandish conspiracy theories that I have read about over you know, the last several years. And it, there's some really crazy stuff on there. Um, and of course, once again... We don't know. All of us, you know, we were born in the 80s, 90s. We have no idea what happened back in 1945. So for all we know. That's why I'm curious to actually have a time machine so I can go back in time. And just see what happens? I would love to be able to go and witness the entirety of World War II from the uh, the Atlantic Theater. Oh, yeah? Just, I, just as a spectator? Like oh, a, wa- yeah. a watcher? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I could, I could do something as crazy as, like, join the SS. And... <laughs> just teleport back, you know. I really right. just want, like, an inside account of what happened. Oh, my God. Dude, <laughs> now, I don't necessarily want to be involved in what they did. Yeah, and then of course I'd be guilty by association. Oh yeah, you would. <laughs> it would be in the name of science and historical research. Because I mean, think about it. What if you could come back with a single piece of concrete evidence? Well, actually, that's crazy to say because I, I actually know a guy who uh, was in World War II, still alive, and I get to hear a, the occasional story, and I mean occasional. But of course, these guys too. You know, well, you they know were, what they say about eyewitnesses. Yeah, no one, they can't be trusted. It's true. And, dude, there's a conspiracy there also, I'm sure. But that's the thing at the end of the day, right, is that all these guys were not, they were not involved at the top of the pyramid, right? All these guys were just foot soldiers. Yeah, they were the grunts. Yeah, and ultimately we can't take their accounts seriously because, sure, like, you know, you can hear about, you know, this snapshot in history. But the overall picture, though, you have no idea because these guys had no idea either. Which Man, is interesting. This makes me think about the Kennedy assassination and everything that Dude, goes on with that. Dude, one of the biggest conspiracies of our time, or our parents' time, rather, but yeah, absolutely. Well, it still goes on to this day, 40 years later. Yeah, and, and there's that movie that got released recently with that ballistics, uh, Australian ballistics uh, expert, and he came in and he actually reviewed the Kennedy files, and of course, uh, the Secret Service took the brain and they removed the body instantly from the hospital uh, in Dallas Memorial, and so nobody actually knows what happened after the shot went off, because they... It, it all got pushed behind closed doors instantly. What if the reason they never found the brain was because it was actually an alien suit? See, there you go. The aliens were inside of the brain cavity, or right. it was supposed to be the brain cavity. See, we don't know, man. Kennedy was so charismatic, he could have been an alien, right? But at the same time, it's like, we don't know. And, of course, this guy came back, and he has this new conspiracy, of course, that uh, that he thinks, anyways, confirms that the Secret Service shot Kennedy. Oh, man, that could be really crazy. Because so, what yeah. if Kennedy actually was an alien, and Lee Harvey Oswald was actually trying to save the world from alien invasion? Dude, we don't know. Because, it, or, or like, or, or uh, J- Jack Ruby, right? Wasn't he the other co-conspirator? I don't know. I, I know there's one, one and then Leo Harvey Oswald, right? And, yeah, we, we have no idea, like, what happened there. Well, so any one of those situations reminds me. It's a presidential assassination, so it reminds me immediately of Lincoln. Sure. But uh, I, I'm really curious if something similar could have happened with uh, Lincoln with John Wilkes Booth. The lizard people. That's the answer. <laughs> and, of course, well, they, think about they, it. they knew it. it um, they knew it. Let's see. That was mid-1800s? Yeah, it would have been. Franklin and all of them had been around, so that was... It's about 70 years since the establishment of the colonies. And if you think about it, the Illuminati? Yeah, well, <laughs> and then, of course, we talk about there's some sort of Assassin's Creed connection there because oh, man. A, lot of, a lot of great conspiracies get woven into that series. I still yeah. want to see an Assassin's Creed based on the Civil War. You know what? It might not be a two. Well, we're going to get the French Revolution next, and that'll be interesting. Yeah. 
And um, so if we keep moving in that direction, we'll get to Civil War eventually. Well, Assassin's Creed Part what 8. What if Abe game was a Templar and John Wilkes Booth was really an assassin? Just got thwarted. I think it'd be really cool. Let's kind of talk for a moment then. Why has conspiracy theories, why has this become a form of entertainment? Like, why why do you think people have just kind of flocked to it and still do? Right? I really think it's a modern day Rome. Mm. Uh, the days of the Roman Empire was more about, you know, spreading your ideals and your religion. Uh, now a lot of these ideas become religion. They become indoctrination. And so... Like cult tactics? Kind of, except not so nefarious um, <laughs> okay. or as direct. It's not about, you know, uh, conquering lands and, you know, acquiring, you know, mass as an empire. Right. It's more about sharing a mind think. Yes. And now we're getting sort of the hive mind going. And well, every... I, I wouldn't even necessarily say it's hive mind because you don't necessarily have those same kind of pathways built into the culture. What it more is like it's a collective. So like Heaven's Gate. A bunch of people are just going to go off and commit suicide because why not, right? Well, it okay, made so a lot of sense with cult Marshall, suicides Marshall are a Apple. Completely light. different topic, but yeah, I, I really well, think there's, there's a ton of conspiracies involving Heaven's Gate and also the Branch Davidians, for that matter, too, with when Waco, because mm, like yeah. nobody really knows what happened there outside of you know the eyewitness accounts. Well, then it's like you know, no one ever really knows what happened at Columbine. Sure. Absolutely. So what if all those school shootings are tied into whatever happened at Waco? That's the thing, man. Like, there could be a connection that we just don't know about because we're not on the inside, right? A lot of these conspiracy theorists and a lot of the stuff with the NSA and, like, the, uh, what is it, the dark side of the internet? What's it called? The, the dark net. Dark net. There you go. Yeah. Technologically, I don't see how it's possible. <laughs> well, yeah. Based on what I understand about IP protocols, but... But what, what do any of us really know at the end of the day? We know nothing. <laughs> we might as well as buy into the conspiracies and keep it going. <laughs> yeah. Pro- propagate Infowars. Listen to Alex Jones. Well, so the reason why a lot of these publications and Infowars and The Onion, the reason why they've gotten so big is because of the internet. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, the internet kind of was like Pandora's box of information, and it also allowed a lot of different people both, well, it's, you know. I would say it's still Pandora's box, man, because we... we just started touching the internet. We we don't know the full depth of what it's going to expand into. Well, okay, so, so not everyone in third world countries has internet access. Right. So there's a whole lot of ideas and untapped potential there. Yes, there definitely uh, is. Those are definitely growing markets. And, then, and also, like, they're already talking about plans for, like, Web 2.0, and they're talking about a lot of, like, really new features that can be added and things like that. So, like I said, man, we're... Shy we're, of IPv6, I don't really don't know what else they could do. Would you, like, uh, I sent it, but that's kind of irrelevant. But, yeah, but there's a lot of ideas floating around right now of, like, of, like how they can expand, like, connect more devices, uh, utilize the internet for more applications, uh... Things like that. A lot more, like right now, there's a lot of static HTTP going around, and they think they can kind of change that more into two uh, dynamic web pages and more dynamic features and app, things like that. Uh, this is my very basic understanding, mind you. If you want to do more research, be my guest. And feel free to make a comment too, because I'm sure we'll love to hear about it. Well, see, I've been working in that sector for going on seven years now. And I, I'm on top of a lot of what you're saying, but we already have a fairly dynamic internet. I don't know what else they could possibly do. There's a lot of plans out there. Like I said, a lot of this is just me, you know, butt buzzing around, reading about all kinds of crazy stuff. But there's um yeah, there's there's a lot of plans. Anyways, we'll see how far they go. This is the one thing I worry about you and everyone else is like you guys read all these things and come to these conclusions and then I didn't say with... conclusions. This is all speculation. Well, so, okay. <laughs> so, uh... so this is kind of interesting. It's kind of like the effect of, uh, you know, a millennial talks to their older relative at a oh, family sure. reunion. Yeah, right. And you're speaking completely different languages. 
And it's really funny to hear somebody talk about something like it's that weird thing that happens whenever you're talking about something as weird and crazy as a conspiracy theory. And then you're talking to an expert on that particular topic. And so you coming at me with stuff about the Internet, it's like. I'm aware of a lot of things, but none of that sounds like, you know, is that real, right? (laughs) Knowledge breeds skepticism, I believe. Yeah, that's that's an interesting quote. What is that quote? I don't even know off the top of my head. Hippocrates quoted, science is the father of knowledge, but opinion breeds ignorance. Opinion breeds ignorance. That's that's probably where we're going to have to go with, because that's a great quote. I don't think anyone said that yet. Go me! So Hippocrates coming at us live with some knowledge. And apparently, ign- uh, opinions breed ignorance. Oh, here we go. There you go. Uh, the Skeptic Society is a nonprofit member-supported 501c. So they they are full-blown tax-deductible donation-based uh, organization. Mm-hmm. They came out saying, uh, "We're making skepticism 101 available to the world." Wow. Good for them. Uh, there you go, kids. Nonprofits exist for everything. So <laughs> even for skeptics, because why not? Well, everybody needs a voice. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And apparently there's enough people out there that uh, it makes total sense. Okay, so uh, why does con- why do conspiracies exist? They exist to thwart unpopular ideas. I, I think it's more than just thwarting unpopular ideas. I think that's a little basic. I, I, think, I think conspiracies... Well, are... think about why anything ever happened. The coup against Caesar. Sure. The well, impeachment of Bill Clinton. Right, so there's tons of conspiracies just in, in politics alone, plus the you know the entire world. So yeah, well, so imagine over everything. Every yeah. single one of those was either politically or situationally motivated. Sure. And what they were trying to do was change the way things were going. True. You know, shy of the American Revolution is probably the biggest example I can think of. Yeah, off the top no, of my head. well, definitely over all oh, Ides of March, right? So I really think it comes down to. A conspiracy is nothing more than an idea that, with enough mass, ultimately sure. becomes change. That's totally right. And, yeah, so a conspiracy is only a conspiracy when you can get multiple people to kind of buy into it. And then once you get the main subscribers, then it becomes an actual theory because mm. multi- so many people actually begin to believe it. Like, if you, uh, if you read anything on half the stuff that's going on with ISIS and all the... Uh, oh, there's the, a ton the of conspiracies floating and- around, yes. 9-11 was an inside job, all those things. A ton of conspiracies, yeah. You'll hear any number of people say anything about, you know, this group is related to this group and the government right. needs to be overthrown. And Shy of anyone actually initializing something, I don't know where they could possibly go with that. Uh, well, And I think that's what's so great about conspiracy culture and why I find it so fascinating because there can be a conspiracy for anything. And when people get this great idea in their head, then somebody else may have a completely different idea and it's like, well, how could you believe that? I believe this. And then all of a sudden, conspiracy theories just, they just breed exponentially. And, and you it's got kind of people in- who inbreed a little bit. It's like, hey, hey you believe this? I believe that too. Right. Well, actually, that's just the beginning of a cult. <laughs> because at that point, you just, you just get a couple of really motivated people together and they start believing in the same things. And bam, you have the birth. <laughs> so what does that make Christianity? Dude, Christianity is the biggest conspiracy of all time. Like, well, the I should say the Judeo-Christian Islamic God and and its narrative, which is the Torah, Quran, and Bible. That's like the biggest conspiracy of all time. Could those be the Holy Trinity? Dude. Dude. Oh, well, not according to the New Testament, no. <laughs> Screw the New Testament. I'm basing all this on Old Testament. I, I understand, yeah. And based off that, man... Uh, what do you, well, you got the, the whole difference is, is just Messiah complex, right? Because uh, in the Torah, it's all 
one God, there is no Messiah. Mm-hmm. Quran, it's Muhammad, and then New Testament is Jesus. So that's why nobody gets along. But in the end of the day, though, the Torah is what? It's the first five books of the Old Testament. And the Quran is apparently a, in some ways, more accurate translation of some of the events in the Bible. Well, that's because Hebrew hasn't changed as a language since its inception. Latin itself right. has been translated into numerous languages before it was ultimately translated to English, which is by far one of the more prominent languages spoken besides, you know, Catholic... Uh, well, Catholic, uh, Mandarin Chinese. No, not even Mandarin Chinese. Um, I'm thinking more of Spain and Italy. Oh, interesting. I, I those think, are more the more those are the countries that have the most romantic language. Right. I, I thought you were going to go somewhere more along the lines of uh, the New Testament got translated into Greek, and because it was or because it was written in Greek when it got translated, it didn't align with the original text, mm-hmm. and that's where a lot of mistranslation comes from. Right. So it's just that it's that shift from latin into everything else yes and then i think spain and italy have the most literal translations as possible and that's well that's also why we have hundreds of uh you know niv nrsv all the different uh biblical translations and uh, king james because there's uh there's just little tiny discrepancies and nobody really knows which one is a real one because mm-hmm. they've been translated so many times since uh you know 2000 years ago and then and the diet of worms in the third century well, so it's interesting because I read an article about uh, design patterns and what do you do when they break down. Well, the design pattern of the Christian faith has broken down so many times to the point where they have now a vast amount of secularism. Absolutely. And just within that one group, you've got five or six different subsets of the same religion. Absolutely. Well, and that's why we have the, the just the entirety of contemporary Protestants. That, that, that's what we got. Because, like, really, when it comes down to Christianity, you got the Catholics and you got the Protestants. And the Protestants now have so many subsects, just, you know, uh, Presbyterian, for example, uh, Baptist, uh, the, the list goes on, right? And from there, he's got so many di- little, little differentiating opinions, and it just completely breaks down the fabric and puts them all at, at odds with each other, even though they're all, you know, getting together and worshiping the same book. So it's kind of questionable why that's happening. And there, there's a whole sort of sociological connotation to that that... We really don't want to get into right now. But yeah, it's a fascinating topic nonetheless. And then there's the atheists. Well, and we're, I really think in the grand... Don't, don't forget about things, the Mormons. Come on. Like, there's yeah. <laughs> so, so much other stuff to go over. Well, then you got to throw in the, uh, the, the Scientologists. Oh, absolutely. The Pastafarians. The Flying Spaghetti Monster. Yeah. Uh, just any number of... Uh. You know, I was giving some thought. I don't necessarily believe that it's necessarily an opiate necessarily i think religion is just more of a it's it's a uh, fanaticism it's go. not a fanaticism like it brings on fanaticism it does bring on fanaticism especially in more literal translations and therefore it comes back to a conspiracy and it, well, there's like yeah there's tons of conspiracies involving that there's oh no, yeah the conspiracy against jesus it, absolutely <laughs> done uh <laughs> yeah judas judas was the original conspirator uh actually i think if just looking back in the ages, man, look, look back to the pharaohs and the ancient Egyptians. I think there were far more, even before the biblical times. Technically, Moses conspiracy. was a conspiracy, but he was an unwilling conspirator. Because <laughs> he's being motivated by God. That's and he wasn't motivated. Yeah, he was, with the burning bush. Mm-mm. He told them, you know, lead, lead the people out. He was blindly led to do that, but Moses did not do anything to do with uh, the commitment, uh, the commencement of... With the part of the Red Seas, the Ten no, Commandments? the commencement of the plagues. Oh, the plagues, right. That, that was strictly a message from God. That's true. You and do, the Pharaoh chose to ignore it. You do have a point there. 
Oh my gosh. No, but I, back to religion though. I, I think religion is far simpler than that. Religion gives people, uh, we're, we're social creatures. If they, like that's, you know, we're, we're monkeys in well, suits. Well, ordered. We're, we are monkeys in suits. And it, it's more than just breeding order, man. It's, it gives people a social reason to come together. Well, it, it no, gives, because it, then in the, uh, it, at some point it breeds divine right. And I think greed and corruption ultimately breed from that. Yes, and that's what happens in organizations. Monkeys and suits. And... Well, that's what happens in organizations. Well, yeah. Well, you get big enough, and, you, and power goes unchecked long enough, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's kind of what happens. And then there's the usurper mentality, and just <laughs> the usurper mentality. Well, yeah, every, every good story has to have one, right? Like that's what makes Shakespeare so good. Shakespeare is just a tragedy in waiting. And of course, there's a bunch of conspiracies surrounding Shakespeare too that we probably know. didn't originally pen any of those stories. We, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Christopher Marlowe, right? But uh, again, we probably don't have time to get into that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, it, it's just conspiracy culture, as we've kind of evinced in this last couple of interesting tangents, is everywhere. And if there's a good enough story from a long, long enough ago, even just a couple of years, there's going to be a multitude of conspiracy theories surrounding it. Well, then there's the end of the world conspiracy. Oh, well, uh, 2012, man. It doesn't have to be an old story. It could be a story that hasn't happened yet. Absolutely. Well, it would, I, I just think back to 2012 because that happened not too long ago. And Such a terrible movie. Well, I'm not talking about the movie. I'm talking about just like everybody is so up in arms. Well, we talked about this on the on the last episode. We were talking about... Chimpocalypse. Uh, Chimpocalypse, right. We are talking about all the, all the different uh, and potential apocalyptic situations. And there's so many of them, right? All conspiracies and... And, no, no, and there's no factual evidence, and nobody really knows what's going to happen either, after all, because, I mean, crap. <laughs> there's been so many potential happenings, and none of them actually happened. So, well, they, did you see the Adam Sandler conspiracy? So I taped that one, Nostradamus, but uh, no, I did not. Every single one of Adam Sandler's movies has predicted a particular moment in history before it happened? Oh, my gosh. Because Adam Sandler is secretly a genius, it's right? It's fake. Oh, okay, good. Somebody just happened to, you know, throw a bunch of small tidbits into it and made it oh. seem plausible. I was about to say, after the last few Adam Sandler movies, I've, com- I, I, like, sure, Happy Madison, well, or Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, we'll love all that, but man, the last few have just been unwatchable. <laughs> well, that's our episode. So, this beginning of a long series of conspiracy theories, we'll be getting more specifically into in the coming months. So, yeah, so let us know what you think. Is there anything that potentially resonates with you? Uh, anything you want to hear about, too, definitely tweet at us when we get back to you. Get ideas for episodes, leave them in the comments, and we'll see you later. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs>